The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Behind the Lego DIY microphone with one half of my spleen tied behind my back, it's your Dr. Demento of democracy, Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. We probably need to address the fact that they keep telling us that they're not teaching our kids anything that we're worried about. They keep going on. Critical race theory is not even taught in these schools. It's not mentioned in these schools. Transgenderism isn't mentioned in these schools. We're not teaching your kids sexuality and sex ed. Really now? Hmm. There's an organization called NAIS. Listen to this tweet. After the challenges of the past two years, how healthy are our school communities? How can we approach learning with gentleness, curiosity, care, and a sense of wonder? Learn more on the next episode of the NAIS New View EDU podcast, right? This organization (laughs) posted something pretty amazing. They had a conference in 2018. It was called Getting Ready to Get Ready. How to Implement a pre-K through five sexuality curriculum to which they said children are sexual beings from the moment of birth because the pedophilia problem is at such a high level because of transgenderism, because of homosexuality. We said this was a sliding slope, right? We said this is a slippery slope, allowing marriage to be redefined. You know, in the past, it was, well, you know, they're in the closet. They don't want to tell anyone what they're doing, but they're doing what they're doing, and they feel shame for doing it. And then they're going to come out of the closet, and they're going to be celebrated coming out, right? That's what the coming out is. It's revealing the fact that I have no more shame. I would love to not have shame in the in the despicable acts that I'm doing, but... That's the guardrail to keep you in line, the shame. And it's not just shame, it's conviction. And the conviction is conviction from the Holy Spirit. And here's the problem. We've gone from shame and conviction to affirmation and celebration to now pride festivals. What is pride? Pride is a a deadly fruit of the Spirit, right? Gluttony, we're seeing that in the body positivity movement. Gluttony and slothfulness. I mean, you could go down the list and see where Pride Month that is celebrated by every corporation across the globe, because you can't just say an American anymore because they're not American citizens, as we've learned with the Great Reset, BlackRock, Disney, Nike, down the line. They're global citizens, and they're looking at things like Pride Month, which, you know, when they're trying to open up that sweatshop there in Mogadishu, (laughs) those people ain't having it. But 
they're going to ignore that. Yeah. Ahmadinejad says there's no gay people in Iran. So if you do try to push that wokeness on them, they ain't having it. And you'll be fine with that because you want that market share. You want to increase your profits so much that you're going into those markets like China because there's all those people that are available to it. But for us in America, we have to celebrate Pride Month. We have to have the guy who's oiled down in tanning lotion in his Speedos with a mohawk. He's got a nipple ring and he's dancing in the street and your kid is sitting on the side waving his little his little rainbow flag, you know, <laughs> and going, yay! And he doesn't have, or he or she, the kid doesn't have any understanding of what's going on. And then you have to now explain this to them while the guy wearing the little uh, fedora that doesn't fit completely on his head in a woman's sports brawl is coming up to him and saying, you know, celebrate me. And this is what's going on in your schools. This is why we're pushing back. So we're going to play a little bit of audio. and We're going to dissect this audio because this is from a conference where we're told none of this is being taught to the kids. They're not being taught about sexuality at, at young ages. They're not taught. In fact, I've got to be able to talk about my paddleboarding expedition with my life partner out there in the, uh, in the back bay, bon uh, you know, out there in back bay. I've got to be able to discuss that and talk about, well, you know, we had a little fun over the weekend with your kindergarten class. So if not, they feel like they're oppressed and they're, they're going to get fired. Let's listen to a little bit of this. This is the conference from 2018 from NAIS. So here, here's, the, here's the way we change the frame. So sexuality exists within the child. It's not in a box. Uh, the box is out here. It exists within the child. Have you ever heard anybody say that children are sexual beings from the moment of birth on? Sexual beings from birth? These people are friggin' insane. Let's listen to a little bit more of this perverted creep. Yes. I often wonder what they mean by it. Here's what I mean by it. I mean it certainly in a physical sense, but in a, in a, um, um, what I, I want to give you a sort of shortened version of this. I mean it primarily in a social sense. What is the first thing anybody ever said about you? Is it a girl or a boy? When did they say it? Yeah, they usually say that when they're slapping your ass into existence. Or maybe they say it when they look at the ultrasound, right? I mean, they see, there's a thingy. That's a boy. That's how this works. I mean, everybody waits, right? Is it a girl or a boy? Did that change your life any? If you made a list of all the ways your life would be different if you had been born another gender or another biological sex, how long would the list be? Raise your hand if you're a female. Look around. What does that tell you? Uh, all those things that happened to you since they said you're a girl channeled you into 
who you are and what you do for a living even. So that's when sexuality education starts, right then and there. Okay, so what would happen if you were born a millionaire? (laughs) What would happen if you were born to a scientist? What would happen if you were born to uh, Einstein? I mean, this is all garbage because this is assuming the premise that just because you were born a male, you were already fast-tracked into some kingdomhood or some sort of club that you benefit greatly from when... Everybody has their own crosses to bear. Not everybody starts out in the same playing field. That's what people don't realize. Everybody has their own crosses to bear. Everybody has their own trials and tribulations. You can't make things equal across the board. It's impossible. And that's not part of God's plan. God's got some other reasons for you going through some of the crap you go through because he's teaching you something. Or someone else is learning by watching you. Or you and that person are learning something bigger that's going to impact the world. You see what I mean? There's no real rhyme or reason that you can think of because it's in God's hands, and you're going to have to trust in what he's doing to understand what you went through or what someone else went through that impacted you or what the situation that you and someone else had that impacted them and yourself impacted the world or others. It's just... But the equality thing, there's, you, there's no, this, it's not like that skit with Eddie Murphy where he dress ups as the white guy and goes out and suddenly, you know, everybody's giving him money. He goes to the bank and they're just giving him piles of money. That, that's not how this works. But this is what they want you to think it works like. Because this is a part of a bigger plan. I keep saying in education, in Hollywood, in the corporate boardrooms, in news media, Obviously, education right here, this is a PowerPoint uh, at a convention. This is all part of Xi Jinping's cultural revolution of America. You have to divide up by class, divide up by gender, divide up by race. And they particularly went after race in America because critical theory is a, it's, it's a haves versus have-nots. It's a, a class warfare scheme. And that works great in, in countries with monarchies and different, uh, different, cha- uh, you know, different caste systems like they have in India and what have you. doesn't work in America because a lot of those different groups were moving in and out of those different levels. You know, one person who might be poor suddenly moved up to being middle class and then maybe they got rich. And then maybe the rich guy ended up losing it all. Now he's poor again. You couldn't pit those against each other because even the people that on the bottom eventually turned out to making it to middle class nine times out of ten. But you can do it with race because it has to be a fixed position. It has to be a fixed situation that you're in that you can't get out of. And then they can exploit it. They can say, oh, well, you know, you're, nothing can be done. There's no redemption for you. You're stuck in this situation, so you need to rise up against the man who's keeping you in that situation. Anyways, let's get back to the video. It is at its most fundamental, in its most fundamental way, um, it's organic, it's already there, and it grows every single day after that. This is the social awareness. Now, what's the first part of you that anybody ever looked at? Your genitals. 
By the way, they're called genitals, not what you, not your parts underneath a bathing suit. <laughs> Have you ever heard that expression? That expression? They're called genitals. You think young children can understand that word? Say that word, genitals. See, it goes back to what we were talking about with the Disney Zoom call. This, yeah, they're genitals. We get that. And of course, you're going to use the clinical term so that you can kind of pretend to uh, take the uh, gender assignment away. You know, it's either male or female, you either penis, vagina, whatever. That's, they've, they've got to boil it down to making it something universal. That's why they have to have 52 different genders. That's why they, ha- they either have to have a million different, different subclasses or they just have to homogenize it all down to one thing and take away the actual genders. It's one or the other. They do it either way, and they do it all the time. It's, it's why you can get up there and say Katanji uh, Brown-Jackson is the first black female, uh, black woman SCOTUS you know, Supreme Court justice nomination. Oh, but she can't define what a woman is because she's not a biologist, right? That's how they do it. You, you either, you can, I don't know what a woman is, but yet she's the first black woman. Did a biologist tell you to deem her first black woman? Because I know what a woman is. It's not hard, but that's what they did with the Disney zoom calls. That's what they did with the don't say gay bill in Florida. It it never even said you can't say gay. What it was saying was you can't teach children sexuality at kindergarten. But what the leftist and the pedophile uh, homosexuals that are in these schools, which a lot of them are bailing out now, so it's kind of like a... It's doing its thing. It's working like it's supposed to. They try to say, oh, look at all these teachers are leaving Florida classrooms. I can't believe it. There's going to be a shortage of teachers. And we're like, "Uh, thank God they're leaving because they're all pervs. But what it did was they tried to skew it as saying, well, I can't talk to my my kids about what me and my boyfriend did, you know, or my partner about us going paddleboarding. No, because that eventually is going to lead to when they say, well, why did you have a boyfriend, but you're a guy. And then they, that's what opens the door to those conversations. And first off, you don't get to take away my ability to have that conversation with my child. You don't get that right. That's my, that's my birthright. That's I get as a parent to be the one to make that choice and to frame that aspect of their lives that's coming upon them to show them what their aspect of that life, life or their lives are going to be like through what I deem as a parent, the appropriate way to do it. Not some crazed leftist pink haired nipple ring, nose ring teacher who is on TikTok railing about transgenderism and whatever. Um, you don't get to tell that to my kid. You don't get to give them the birds and the bees discussion, but They're trying to say, and we covered this on the podcast where we talked about the left's pedophilia problem. It just keeps coming back up. (laughs) They're trying to say that they're doing all of this introductory exposure to that lifestyle so that they can just make them fair and tolerant and accepting. But really, they're overstepping bounds, and they don't realize that we don't have to all affirm your lifestyle. 
No one has to go and, and say they, they agree with my career choice or that they agree with my hobbies or they agree with the fact that I, of who I married. I don't need them to tell me any sort of affirmative uh, response towards any of those things. Same thing with your, your sexuality. You told us, oh, what happens in the bedroom? We don't need to know about it. We just want to be married, and that's why you push for gay marriage. But apparently you do want everybody to know what's in, in, in the bedroom. And you do it a lot for shock value. There's a lot of middle finger shock value that you bring to the table when you go up to a Christian and go, yeah, me and my boyfriend, or, you know, I was with my girlfriend, and, and you shove it in their face because you want them to feel shocked when really it's insecurity on your part. But anyways, listen to these Disney uh, Zoom calls and you can tell that it's not just in education, it's in entertainment that they're pushing this garbage. It's like, I love Disney's content. I grew up watching, you know, all of the classics. They have been a huge, like, informative <laughs> part of my life. But at the same time, like, I worked at small studios most of my career. And I'd heard, you know, you hear whispers. Like, I, I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this at a Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little, like, sus when I started. And, but then my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard on my little pocket of like, you know, proud family, Disney TVA. Um, the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my, like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like, I, I feel like I felt like it was, I mean, like maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must've happened in the last, like, like they are turning it around, they're going hard. And then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of, I don't have to be afraid to like, let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background, this are, like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like, the, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of them. But like, I, I just was like, no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me. So she's writing sex scenes in, or LGBTQR, whatever the hell they're called, characters into the stories. It's like the gay Star Wars kiss. If you looked at the last movie from Star Wars, these two girls kissed in the background after they defeated, uh, what's his, Palpatine, right? So obviously they're writing it in because Star Wars is owned by Disney. And she's coming out and saying it her not-so-gay agenda. Well, listen to the other CEO. She's done such a bang-up job as a parent. Both of her kids are uh, not... They're, I guess they're LGBTQ. One of them's pansexual, which means they don't have any sort of sexual affiliation, which they shouldn't at that age. But I just don't know how these people were allowed to zip in to high places of cultural influence as they did behind the scenes. This is what they did. They, they marched through the institutions, right? And now they're implementing their agenda all over the place. And we are suffering because of it, because we should have been doing this. Actually, we had it in our ballpark back in maybe the forties and fifties. And we let it slip away. Just listen to this. Except 
The other big area is gender identity and expression. So doing all of this work uh, to ensure that our employees and cast can express their gender here authentically and proudly at the company. So, you know, coming up with guides on how to change your photo, information about pronouns, working with our benefits team to give information about gender affirmation procedures, both for our employees who are transitioning and trans, but also our employees who have kids who are transitioning. So here's one Disney employee talking about pronouns and we should be able to let them celebrate themselves as trans or whatever. It's ridiculous. I mean, this is what they were doing in Zoom calls behind our back. Now let's listen to the CEO because she's got kids and uh, they're interesting kids. So she has perspective. There are two queer children. I'm I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one transgender child, um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and, and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks, um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations. And, um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them, um, to all of us, we, we had a we had an open forum last week at 20th where, um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I and I and I realized, oh. It, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and 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 yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just just get to be characters um, and and not have to be about gay stories. And so um, that's been very eye opening for me. Um, and, and I, I can tell you, um, it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened. Um, I, as a leader and me, as my colleagues would not have focused on and, and going forward, um, I I certainly will be more so I know that we will be. And, um, and I hope this is a moment where shoot, um, the 50% of the tears, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) are coming, um, uh, we don't, we just don't allow each other to go backwards. Right. I, she's so, she's so torn up. She's crying about it. She's freaking crying about it, which means she obviously, obviously has a vested interest in this in pushing the narrative. And what's really crazy is their stock price plummeted. They don't care that people aren't watching the newer movies. They don't care because you know what? It's just like CNN. They don't care about the ratings or lack thereof. That's of no concern to them. Metrics that were used to determine success, they don't care. They pee on them. They drop deuces on them. And then they turn around and go, the ideology must be maintained. That's what they do. Disney, the ideology of grooming our children to become LGBTQ plus plus members must be upheld. Damn ticket sales. I mean, damn streaming ratings be damned. Same thing with CNN. We have to lie 
We have to lie all the time. In fact, Brian Stelter was called to the carpet on a conference about misinformation, and the guy who got up there, I think he's from, I can't remember what institute he's from, but he asked a great question. Um, you guys are talking about misinformation at this conference, yet you did Nick Sandman, you did Brett Kavanaugh being a rapist, uh, you did, he didn't do Kyle Rittenhouse, which I think he should have thrown that in, um, but he lays out the case where multiple times they were called to the carpet for lying about something huge, for misrepresentation that they were never called on. Now, they're going to sit there and say, well, you know, Fox News lied and, you know, we need to hit them for misinformation. Well, guess what? You guys were peddling misinformation all the damn time. Right, Robert Mueller? Right, Stormy Daniels? Right, Michael Avenatti? <laughs> and just listen to this exchange. Seltzer, uh, you've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation. Uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jussie Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist. And they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, with mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative. Uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? It's too bad. It's time for lunch. <laughs> uh, you have 30 seconds. No, I mean, there's a, there's a clock that says 30 seconds. But, but I think my honest answer to you, and I will, I'll come over and talk in more detail after this, is that I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, but I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. I think it's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy, all these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. Uh, but when Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing, and they tried to help. They tried to help him get out of the country. They tried to find the dead crew members. That's what news outlets do. That's how they actually do work together to your question about sharing those kinds of connections and trust. We don't talk about it enough, though. We don't share that reality about how that happens. And with regards to the regime, I think you mean the President Biden? The last time I spoke with a Biden aide, we yelled at each other. So that's the reality of the news business that people don't see, that people don't hear. They imagine that it's a, a situation that simply is not. But I think your question, it speaks to the failure of journalism to show our work and show the reality of how our profession operates. We have a lot of work to do, I think. I mean, he doesn't even address the question. He talks about, well, you know, we helped out those in Ukraine, the Fox reporters that were shot at. We ganged together and helped them because we're a community of reporters. No, you're not. You're just a bunch of friggin' hacks who lie all the time and know that most people are going to buy your lie because they're too busy with their life to sit there and do all of the studying and all of the look the research to determine whether or not they're, they can say, oh, you're lying to me. They don't have the time to do that. They've got to go to work. They have their kids' after-school activities. They've got meetings to go to. They've got packed schedules. They go to church. They go to activities. Uh, maybe they are... Um, Members of volunteer, volunteer 
organizations that help people in need. Whatever the case would be, they don't have the time to sit there and fact check all the garbage that you guys peddle. And then you've got a team that's out there fact checking truth so you can lie about it and then say, see, the fact checkers support the lie, even though the fact checkers are supporting lies and not fact checking. But anyways, getting back to the Disney thing. So Disney CEOs are talking about implementing content into their movies, into their TV shows. The CEOs crying about it or two gay kids or, or one of them's pansexual and they're out there. Uh, she's crying about how we need more representation. Maybe Nickelodeon needs to step up. Oh, wait a minute. Nickelodeon is actually trying to compete with Disney. Here's their Nickelodeon Kid of the Year. In honor of International Transgender Day of Visibility, meet Time in Nickelodeon's 2021 Kid of the Year finalist, Rebecca Brusehoff. Growing up in the LGBTQ plus community has given me a different perspective on how I see the world. Trans kids are so much more than their gender identity and it's so important for people to listen to kids. I wish for a world where everyone can be lifted up and celebrated. So today and every day, we celebrate those who are helping others realize that everyone should be proud of what makes them who they are. How that girl thinks she's already trans at her age makes no sense to me. Or maybe she's just been around a trans community, but... That's your Nickelodeon. There's nowhere to run. That's Nickelodeon. You can't go Disney. You can't go Nickelodeon. Thank God Daily Wire is doing their kids show. Um, and there's a couple other options out there. But progressivism, leftism is not just diabolical and anti-American. It's evil. It's a cancer. And it's complete rot. And on the other side of the break, we're going to get into some amazing rot. Just stick with us. This is Adrian Slade. So I guess this is part two of the podcast I did where the left has a pedophilia problem. Um, I really didn't plan on making this the center of the topic of this week's show, but it just keeps coming up. I mean, I went online and just kind of made a statement going, hey, you know, I can't believe the leftists are backing, they're vehemently backing pedophiles, but here we are, hashtag groomer, and my Lord, would you... You would not imagine the number of trolls that came out of the woodworks. That shows you that Twitter will make you visible when they want to because anyone that is bringing up that topic is getting completely lambasted by tons of trolls because they know it's an effective target. Do you know how easy it is to destroy the power that the left has by just saying, yeah, you're a bunch of groomers, you're a bunch of pedos, a bunch of kid effers? I mean... That just that makes them look small, and it makes them look disgusting and evil, which they are. But we've always tried to dis, you know we've always tried to discuss that and say, well, this is the party that is anti God and is anti morality, even though they they play, they claim virtuous and you know they put out all these statements about look, I'm I'm a good try being a good person. I'm a good person because I'm doing this, and then they want stakeholder. Governance, which basically means it's like with the pandemic. Well, we're in a community and your poor decisions might mess me up. So you not wearing a mask might make me sick. You not getting the vaccine that doesn't vaccinate that actually elevates the uh, mutations of coronavirus. You not doing that. Now it affects me and and your rights are now infringed upon mine. When really it's the other way around. Rights are only infringed when you infringe upon someone else's rights. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I have natural rights to do as I want until I infringe upon someone else's rights. See, they're using stakeholder governance as going, well, your mere existence, you doing something way off in the distance there is infringing upon my rights and you're affecting the community as, as a whole. So they do that with sex education now too. And that's why they want to push for this, you know, the, 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 don't say gay bill that doesn't even say that in the law in Florida was meant for two things. Well, it was meant for three things. The third was what we've called out and it's basically backdoor grooming. But their argument is, well, we're trying to teach these different genders to the kids so they don't end up being bullies and haters when they grow up. They, they're affirming and they understand where we're coming from when they get older, even though it just opens them up to, you know, these things, but also we want to teach them sex education because, you know, most of the parents out there, we're not doing it and look at the pregnancy rates going up and that's because you didn't do your job. So we as stakeholders need to come together and teach your kids because you won't do it properly and that, and you're too stupid to do it the right way. So we need to make sure it's done effectively, even though it's going to be done by some pink haired, uh, you know, nipple ring wearing, tattooed faced uh, teacher who is basically a trans cisgender pansexual thing. They're, they're going to be the ones to teach it to your kids. When again, like I said, I want to have that conversation. So now in New Jersey, the sex education curriculum is directing you to this website, amaze.org. And this was what was interesting to me. They had a little promo and this little promo is about as disgusting as it comes. Listen to this. Is it normal to watch porn? Hashtag Ask Amaze! Yes, it's normal. Lots of people watch porn. After all, it's right there and it's free. And anyway, many people are curious about this sex stuff. But, and it's a big but, remember, Porn is not real. It's just a fantasy, like, uh, like superheroes movies. Bodies don't look like those in porn movies. In general, everything is exaggerated. And sex? It often looks very different in real life. So don't expect your own body or sex life once you have one to look anything like what you see in porn. Or to sound like it either. <laughs> Find out more about porn right here on Amaze. Oh, yeah. Yeah, porn. It's fine to watch that, especially you nine-year-old Jimmy. Go watch some porn. Guess what? It's free. So there you go. Reason enough. <laughs> really? It's, that's their, their point. It's free. And it's like superhero movies, except for they're over-exaggerated. They're just sick individuals. They can't help themselves. I mean, they're doing it with Disney. They're doing it with Nickelodeon. They're pushing it on your kids. They want to be able to have these conversations with your kids. And it's not just here in America. This is worldwide. I, there's some weird UN agenda with all this BS. But listen to this individual um, getting on the floor. Bernie Finn, he's a member of the Victorian uh, legislation uh, or legislative council. 
And listen to them. It sounds exactly like the problems we're having here in America. I wish to raise a matter this, uh, this afternoon for the attention of the Minister for Education. And I have to say, it is not often in this job I am absolutely shocked. I thought I'd, I thought I'd seen everything. Uh, but this one um, is, um, is uh, just, just beyond words. Uh, it is a, a, a note from a constituent who says, Hi, Bernie, this is a worksheet that my 10-year-old daughter brought home from school. And it includes a photo of the worksheet. Part of her homework was to discuss with her father his erections and ejaculation. I find this very disturbing and sickening, as indeed do I, I have to say. I have complained to the school and was told it was just part of the curriculum. Can you advise who else I should make a complaint to? Well, I could go on for days who she could complain to. My daughter still plays with dolls and writes letters to the tooth fairy. There is no way any little girl should be told to ask these questions. Well, so say all of us. What the hell is going on in this state when 10-year-old girls are told to go home and talk to your father about his erections and about his ejaculations? What the hell is going on here? How the hell are we supposed to protect our kids when this sort of perversion is in our schools? This is what is being dished up to them on a daily basis in a primary school. Not even a secondary school, a primary school. This is just unbelievable. It's staggering. I could not imagine the reaction. I have three daughters. I could not imagine the reaction of any of them if they were told to, to, to do that. They would be traumatised for life. I don't think they'd ever recover. I'm not sure I'd ever recover. This is, this is just deplorable. This is just deplorable. Exactly. How do we protect our kids from these people? In America, it's gone from Jocelyn Elders and the condom on the cucumber back in, what, the 90s, to they're actively wanting to teach this to your kindergartner. It's, again, this is evil. These people, it's, it, it, that's the thing. I think we have to look at things as they are. We always say a progressivism is a cancer. Liberalism, which is, I'm talking not classical liberalism or libertarianism, I'm talking left-wing ideology, do as you want, even if it's as evil and toxic as possible, because you're a prude if you won't let me do it. That liberalism, that, that progressivism, that socialist communism, we look at it and go, oh, it's cancerous. Well, why is it cancerous? Because it's freaking evil. And evil wants to devour and consume and destroy and we're watching that right now in society. But luckily, there's a good level of pushback. And I think we're going to see a lot more pushback in the midterms to the point where, you know, it's going to look like Virginia with Yunkin and uh, Winsome Sears and Miares, but on a nationwide level. But it has to be the right pushback. Right now, your primaries are what you should be focused on. You should be looking up your primary candidates. You should be out there calling your buddies and saying, hey, we got to vote for this one because this guy might be a rhino. We've got to poach the rhinos when we can. We can't wait until it's a binary choice between left and right. We have to do right versus right and get the better of the two who's going to push back against this kind of toxic, cancerous, evil garbage. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in the podcast. Check it out. SoundCloud, St Stitcher, iTunes, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify, Spreaker. We're all over the place. Get the Roku channel in your streaming store. You can download the free Roku channel 
you can also donate to the show. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. Call to be on the show. one nine two nine go go usa Until next time, God bless.